This episode is sponsored by ContentFind, a premium video editing and content repurposing service for busy content creators, influencers, brands, podcasters, YouTubers, and marketers. ContentFi provides unlimited end-to-end editing and repurposing services to help you get your video and audio content edited and repurposed quickly, easily, and reliably. Join other busy content creators, founders, brands, and marketers who now spend even more time creating while they take care of the rest. You no longer need to worry about spending hours editing anymore. Just create content, build your audience, and grow your business. If you're a content creator looking to save time and money, or looking to outsource your content marketing team, get your first free video edited now at contentfi.co. If you'd like to sponsor the SaaS District podcast, or recommend any guests that you think would be valuable to be on the show, visit horizoncapital.com slash SaaS dash podcast today. Thanks again, folks. Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how to build a disruptive 500 startups project management AI SaaS for agencies and consultants. Today, we have our guest, Santi Biblioni, joining us. Santi is an entrepreneur based in the Valley, co-founder and CEO at Core, which is an AI and management software solution for creative professionals, agencies, and consultants. Prior to Core, he founded Balloon Group, one of Argentina's fastest growing digital agencies, among many other businesses. Today, he continues to grow core and is a sales and fundraising mentor at 500 Startups, as well as a speaker in big technology, advertising, and entrepreneurial events. So welcome, Santi. Super excited to have you on SaaS District Show today. Thank you, Gil. I'm happy to. Cool. So I'd uh, love to start off kind of talking about the business you're working on right now. What was the problem? What was the process? And you know, conceiving the idea to building core, what was the opportunity and problem you were looking to solve that was so clear to you that needed to be built in the market? Yeah, you know, Akil, on our previous company, Balloon Group, uh, we were uh, an e-commerce agency. And what we did realize is that a lot of people on the creative space, on the agencies, work more than 12 hours a day and make a, a very low salary. And this is not because of the, the owners of the agency are, are keeping the difference. This is because the, mar- the profit margins in the industry are getting lower every day. We believe this needs to change. And this is happening all across the globe with most of the professional services firms. We're mentioning consulting firms, software development shops, lawyers, accountants, all companies that sell hours. That's why we built Core as the next generation solution for creative and professional teams that intelligently tell you, tells you how to manage projects, teams, and finance in one single solution. Today, we're working with uh, Fortune 500 companies in, and also very small agencies and, and, and medium consultants and, and studios as well in 19 different countries with our mission to, to continue growing ourselves to help them uh, being healthier businesses. Mm, got it. Yeah, I mean, it's just part of the 
you know, with the remote space, more and more shops are coming all around the world where they're competing on price and people are thinking, okay, should I hire somebody in the US or I can hire somebody in the Philippines for, for a fraction of the price. So yeah, it's kind of a bottom to the race unless, uh, you know, a race to the bottom, um, unless you can kind of differentiate in, in, your, in different ways, uh, which makes perfect sense. And can you just kind of, before getting more into core, can you tell us a bit about, you know, the Argentinian Entrepreneurs Association or ASIA? Um, what was that opportunity that was needed for this type of association? Because I know you're based out of Argentina, now based in Silicon Valley. Um, what do you see that as a, as a good opportunity in Latin America? Yeah, so at that time, we created that uh, NGO, that association, as a, as a place for entrepreneurs to, to create public policies and to, to elevate those to, to the government, right? Argentinian was not a, a very good country to, 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 start, to start ventures, to start companies because of the, all the problems that there were and all the barriers that, that there were for, for starting new businesses, right? So with ASEA, the Argentinian Entrepreneurs Association, what we did is building a, a space where all Argentinians that have uh, a business can can participate and, 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 and sign for, for new public policies that, could, that will enable and empower uh, professionals, right? Mm-hmm. And entrepreneurs. Cool. So is that still running today or, or, or is that yeah, I mean, shut down? Yeah. I, I, no, ASEA is a huge organization today with over 20,000 um, participants. Yeah. And it's growing every year. It's also part of uh, like a, a holding NGO, like an association that is a Latin American association for entrepreneurs. So ASEA is the Argentinian one. Then you will find another for, for Chile, for Uruguay, for Mexico, and moreover. Cool, cool. Um, and what would you say was the process of getting you know, CORE into the Valley, which you're based now, getting accepted into the 500 Startups Acceleration Program, you know, for, for maybe people in our audience who are considering that path, how hard was it to get into and how beneficial would you say it's been to the overall development of, of CORE? That's a, that's a great question. Um, it was 500 startups really helped us a lot. We had a great mentor there. I mean, we have a couple of great mentors there. Um, I remember one new score when we were, he was our sales mentor. We, I remember we joined 500 startups with a, a, almost with no revenue, like very, very small company. It was like, if I'm not wrong, like three years ago. Um, and we were selling to small, to very small companies with no contracts, mm-hmm. with monthly payments, and so no contracts, monthly payments, free trials, and, and a very low uh, license, uh, very low uh, license pricing. Mm. So we ended up, after 500 startups, selling twice the price, making three-year contracts, and having mm-hmm. every company paying annual upfront payments. And instead, mm-hmm. of, instead of selling to very small and medium agencies, 
we started to selling to the largest creative and advertising agencies in the world. So that okay. changed us the story completely. We started 500 startups, 500 startups being like being a, an SMB focused uh, kind of solution. And we ended up four months after being an enterprise solution, making a good amount of revenue and with a very month, very high month over month growth. And what is best, financing ourselves with our clients' revenue as everyone was paying annual up from, up, up from payments. Mm. It was a tough, Akil, it, 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 it was a tough uh, move to come from Latin America and enter into 500 startups in Silicon Valley. As you know, probably like 1% one, 1 acceptance rate. Uh, so 2,500 people, like companies applying on our badge. We were the only uh, like Hispanic American company uh, that that got into the batch, so I mean it was not an easy one. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Uh, I mean, what would you say differentiated? You know, you guys. Do you have a, any idea like what you know made you guys get into that one percent? And then adding to your other point, which was around um, you know positioning your business, you know, on who you focus in your target market. Uh, what kind of you know net increase or what change did you have to see? Did you see? When you focus from, you know, change from SMB focus to those enterprise, was it, you know, dramatical increase or, or was it just kind of, you know, incremental over time that you saw? Great. So answer to, to, to the, to this one, it was mm -hmm. a, it was a drastic increase. I mean, it, it, it was a, it's a, it was a high one. We, we started growing our churn become better. Our, yeah, companies were more committed with us. Um, yeah, and we, and our MRR, like our monthly revenue, become uh, like exponential, grow exponentially. Nice. So, and in terms of differentiators, I think I remember when I was in Argentina, uh, kind of exiting my 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 previous company, and applying with Core as an idea to five hundred startups here in Bali. And I remember uh, they they refused. I mean, they they reject they rejected to 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 accept us on 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 the on the badge. So I said, okay, no worries. I mean, I I, I continued working on this new venture that was Core um, back then, like four years ago. And I decided we decided the company, uh, we decided to, to move to the Valley in order to build a very successful company from where every technology company and where the talent, the capital, the knowledge and everything is based and is mostly here in the Valley. So we decided to move here and next, the next, the following year, we applied again to 500 startups. And I remember being so they, they answered back saying, Hey, Santi, thanks for applying. Um, we would like to have a call with you. And I said like, mm. Hey, I can, I can meet you at the office. This mm -hmm. was of course for pandemic, right? So I can meet you at the office and I went to find a startup, um, office there in, in, in San Francisco, in downtown San Francisco. And they said, Hey, I mean, why are you here if you if you were refused uh, last year? 
And he said, Hey man, like we are going to be a very big company with or without you. And mm. I would love to join Finder Startups, but this is not a, a matter of deciding to move to Silicon Valley or not by being accepted or not in Finder Startups. So I think that kind of the ambition that these seven directors or, or venture partners uh, saw on us as a team uh, was one of the things that they said, hey, this, these guys are, are going for something big. So Love it. So you guys are aiming for the moon. Um, you guys are now, I think, a, a VC-backed SaaS company. Can you share a little bit, you know, how much have you guys raised to date? How many rounds? And where are you guys in terms of, of size today overall? We are today a team of 50 people. I think it's 52. Um, we are selling to Fortune 500 companies and also SMBs in 19 different countries. Although uh, our presence is in the U.S. and Latin America uh, mostly, we have also a team in, in Australia as we are starting to expand there as well. We raised $3 million uh, as of now, and we are looking to raise our, our next round anytime soon in a little bit over $10 million. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the size of the company. Cool, and that's your that'll be your Series A. I'm imagining you guys just raised your your seed round. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, cool, cool. Um, talking about the AI side because I think that's obviously a hot topic. A lot of uh, people might be interested in. How do you see the need for you know leveraging AI to help creative and professional teams, and how, how do you see that functioning with with what you you're doing right now with that core? Yeah, you know what, Kiel? No one likes to to log hours manually, right? Mm-hmm. Any, like, there's no person that would like to go and do manual inputs on their time tracking, right? Mm-hmm. Also, no one wants to create tasks manually or do financial reports manually. So that's a great place to apply AI on our end. I mean, to facilitate and automate all the things that people do not want to do. Also, mm-hmm. why do we call ourselves next generation solution? Because most, most of the tools that you have in place today are, are tools that you need to go, that you need to be proactive to analyze the data that is, is in there. At Core, mm-hmm. we do proactive suggestions on how to manage your projects, your teams, and finance. Like, hey, Akil, this project is it's not going to be delivered on time and it's not going to be profitable if you, don't this, if you don't do this and that, right? Mm-hmm. So we help people and teams um, run profitable projects and to deliver on time. Mm. Makes sense. And there uh, are many inter- ways to apply AI on, on this industry. Sure. And would you say, you know, is this tool specifically you know, for every kind of creative business or agency? I know you mentioned your guys are focused SMB and also enterprise, but is there like a specific range? I'm assuming, you know, team size that core is best used and you, you might see some increase in profitability by using it. Yeah, so you, you will see, uh, you will see core is, is helping today teams of eight people, 10 people uh, up to 
Fortune 500 companies with thousands of clients, but in their offices, they have probably like 500 people, 400 people per office, right? Mm. <clears throat> and I think the bigger you are, the biggest ROI you will find as we automate a lot of manual tasks that will save us, that will save you a lot of time. So mm. the more people you have committed on your payroll, uh, the more hours uh, you're going to save, right? right? So that's right. on one side. At this, On the other hand, on one hand, you have like saving time with automation. And on the other hand, you have visibility that you were you were not able to have before. We show you if you're running, if we show you automatically and in real time, if you're losing money with any project or with any client. And these kind of agent, with these kind of companies like agencies, consulting firms, software development shops, and more, they are running 50 projects per client, right? So it's very difficult, if not with core, to see to have visibility on, on profitability. Mm. This is really about efficiency, right? And that's where the drive is. The more people you have, the more efficient you are not wasting, you know, hours on projects that are less profitable. And then you know how to tweak it kind of going forward. So it just gets better and better over time, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we apply machine learning on, on, on understanding how much time does it take to a person to deliver a task, right? For example, Akil designs banners. So how much time does it take to Akil to design a banner for this platform? And how much time does it take to Mary to design a website uh, or this size of the, this website size, right? So you start learning from these, um, from previous experiences. So any, any time you're creating a new project, we can, we can predict how much like what's the profitability that you're having that you're going to have if you're going to deliver on time or not based on previous experiences of these precise users uh okay so it's not actually you're not using data from all users to give you so if what you know one client agency is using the banners and another client's using banners as well are you taking the data from the others to feed say okay this should take you an hour uh because based off all this data we have or is it just based on your data and you know how you work you start using core with everyone's data. I mean, with every, with an average that you will tell you, hey, Akel, like, yeah, banner will take, I don't know, like four hours. But once you start using it, it will learn from you. Mm, got it. So then it personalizes it. Cool. Yeah. So, so other than the AI, you know, you're in a very competitive space in the SaaS industry, right? right? Um, how have you differentiated core from many of the other, you know, project management platforms? Um, you know, because there's, there's a bunch out there and I think there's more coming out every single day, right? Yeah. So I love people using project management, project management tools like Asana or Trello or Basecamp or Jira or Monday or whatever, because that enables us to make a better, like a, 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 a more smoothie uh, change to core, right? Why we don't compete with those tools, we are very different. I mean, those tools are great for, uh, for task management and collaboration. 
But we are a vertical solution. We are an end-to-end solution, an all-in-one solution for professional services business. You can use uh, horizontal task management tools for whatever, an ice cream shop, uh, uh, if you're selling shoes, whatever. I mean, we have the best solution for companies that sell hours. If you're selling hours, you need to use Core. If you're selling other stuff, you have a bunch of tools where you can choose from. Got it. Got it. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, so you're, you're more of a full solution than rather than you know, specific, for smaller you know, tasks. Um, talking about kind of the growth strategy, I'd love to hear kind of more sharing with you know, different marketers or founders listening in. How are you kind of strategizing and what has worked in terms of scaling your growth with Core so far? Um, yeah, what has worked best for your business model? You mean what? What? What made us grow very? Like what took us yeah, here? Yeah. So once you once you made that p- uh, pivot, what what's the what's the marketing and growth strategy that's that's worked well so far? Right. So for us, as we we were financing a lot of ourselves with a client paying up doing up from uh, annual upfront payments, we at. at at one time, we decided to to continue growing. We are doing today eight point five percent month over month growth. What we think it's it's good, but it's not great. And we the good thing here, the good news is that we know how to put this over ten percent, and we will see a ten percent growth in the next two to three months. So that's when we are raising the our new round, right? Uh, what we defined is great unit economics. With a great lifetime value versus CAC, uh, we have today over twenty o- over twenty times lifetime value versus CAC. What is wow. kind of crazy for 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 the industry we are in, and and most of our go to market strategy came out from uh, outbound. Mm. What we do is we. We have a very specific industry we target that is professional services, professional services firms. And from that, we decided to start with our first addressable market, which is creative agencies, right? So within creative agencies, we find our ideal ICP, who is the CFO. This buyer persona uh, has specific pains, but we know them very well because of our previous experience on agencies. And what we do is cold email to this person, asking how this person is solving X, Y, and Z. And we show them three success stories from other companies like his or hers and ask ask them for a a quick uh, conversation. Yeah, a quick call. So then the SDR the sales development representative does the discovery call where they, you, and you will probably know this very well, they, 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 they discover budget, authority, need, and time. And after this is qualified, this goes to the account executive. And we open the opportunity, the CRM, we negotiate and we close. We are having today uh, 84 days as a sales cycle nice. and a conversion rate over 30%. Wow. 
in some markets. 30% from initial kind of list or after kind of qualifi qualification? From qualified. Uh, yeah, that's from, pretty good. Yeah. yeah, since we opened the deal and we close it, we close one out of three. That's really good. I mean, generally, I hear kind of around the 20, 2025. So if you're up there at 30, you're, you're on the higher end. So, so, good yeah. job. so you guys are very account-based marketing outbound. Um, so you're, you're positioning all that in the first email, right? Just to be clear, you know, this, this is the kind of pains you're solving. These are how we're solving it for others. Let's have a call. Are you good? Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, of course. At the same time, we do, uh, we build a lot of success stories with our clients as to give more credibility and, and to help more to our, to the enterprise clients we are targeting. Right. Mm. And then we do more when we do kind of like massive and, and inbound stuff for for the smaller end for the for the smaller companies, and that works as well. Cool. So you mentioned you know closing rate, uh, days to closing, LTV to CAC. What are some other metrics or KPIs you guys are paying attention to on a weekly or daily basis, and that are helping you kind of make improvements to help you guys scale? So. You know, Akil, we started the company working with OKRs. Um, but before OKRs, we had a bunch of KPIs. Then we moved to OKRs and we had, it was very confusing. We, ha we were measuring a lot of stuff. And we decided to, we remembered 500 startups recommendation to go with the one metric that matters, the OMTM. And we put it, we put three, so one metric that matters for on, on the, um, on the revenue side of the company, one metric that matters on the, on the product side. And when, mm. then we, we have like one metric for, for when it comes to customer satisfaction, right? So what we, what we measure the three, our top three KPIs today are ARR. NRR, net net uh, revenue retention, retention. Right. yeah, and, and churn. So yeah, and then if we want to do a double click, we go into month over month growth, mm -hmm. and and then the KPIs that we already had gone through, like LTV to CAC and, and more. Love it. Yeah, that's that's super important. I think churn is is huge. I mean, if you can. Solve churn at the top. I mean, that's product, that's activation, that's that's a lot of things, right? So just that that churn, that number alone tells you a lot about a business. Yeah, um, sorry, well, I forgot to say NPS, right? So NPS, NRR. So it's it's a uh, it's MRR or AR on on the on the revenue side, mm -hmm. and and churn on the customer success side. But NRR is like a double click on the on the revenue side. Then we have. So it's ARR, NPS, and churn. Makes sense. Yeah, that's something a lot of people, you know, skip and don't pay attention to. But setting up an NPS, I think, is huge. I think every if you guys are listening today and you, you don't have an NPS, set that up today. I think you're going to get a lot of value from what your customers tell you. And uh, NPS for us was the, the was critical. I mean, mm. it helped us change a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, so you talk about what kind of worked well. Can you share any you know, you know failures or you know coming to growth experiments that maybe you've tried in the past that didn't work? Whether you know growth, uh, paid ads, you know other kind of SEO, any other strategies you've tried and just didn't work? <laughs> there are a lot. <laughs> a lot. Okay. 
so things that we did that didn't that didn't work. <laughs> I can start with yeah. You mentioned paid media, for example. Mm-hmm. We started. So first of all, we we built a robust solution for uh, for the enterprise market that we were selling to the SMB market, and we started with free trials, mm-hmm. and our product was not prepared for being self-served, mm-hmm. right? And we invested in paid media to get mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of leads on this free trial. So that was also another mistake. So we did the free trial and we invest on getting leads for that free trial. That helped us to learn some, like we received a lot of inputs but I wouldn't say it was a a good move. I mean, if I would start uh, another company today, uh, I wouldn't, of course, uh, I would decide rather going like sales-led company, uh, sales, right. sales growth-led, um, or are you doing like product-led growth or sales-led growth? You need to decide one channel and... Right. And after you you found continuous continued progress on that channel, then that distribution channel, then you can think of others, but not at first. So you focus on sales led growth, um, but you were targeting your marketing was based on product led, right? Is what you're saying, and it wasn't a match. And now yeah. what you're saying is, if you were to do it again, like if you're going to run paid ads and and drive sales, you've got to be really, really focused on product-led, right? Is, is that accurate? Yeah, that's yeah. totally accurate. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. Uh, so this has been, this has been fantastic, uh, Santi. I appreciate you kind of digging in and, and giving us kind of, you know, the real details of what's going on behind the scene. Um, switching gears, I want to get into the kind of the rapid-fire questions here um, <laughs> and a little bit more personal. So what's uh, one advice you wish you had known and you would tell your 25-year-old self, knowing what you know today? Nice. One one advice <laughs> I will give to myself. Well, probably that's the, the one I we mentioned about uh, how to start, like either to choose one distribution channel. Uh, right. That's one thing. Other stuff I will tell myself is that PR and media doesn't get you so far. If, if it's not the right place to be at, right? Mm. Um, I mean, I remember myself on our previous company, I was excited to be on, on a lot of places and, and it helped on credibility, but it, it wasn't for sure the, the best uh, ROI or I mean, yeah, or inbound uh, channel, right? So that's that's one thing. That's other thing. And hmm. no, that's good. So I mean, if you were to do that again, would you just focus on a few channels that you think have a bigger impact, or something who you know instead of being everywhere? Hey, I, I. Now, like more grown up, I, I, I like when the company speaks 
for the entrepreneur rather than the entrepreneur for the company. Mm. That's the, the thing. Let the results speak for themselves. That's, a, that's how it should be, right? <laughs> stop, stop, yeah. stop making noise when you haven't built anything. Yeah, that's something yeah. I'd love to do. <laughs> cool. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges you're, you're currently facing in order to continue to grow core? I, you know, what keeps you up at night these days? Today, I'm very happy on the team we built. It's a very, it's a, we have great, great, great directors uh, and great people working on the team. I love the culture we built as a company. It's, uh, I'm proud of working where I work and I learn a lot from the people I work with. What keeps me up at night, I would, is, um, we are here for, we're here for, for, for the premier league. And so, although we're doing good, we want to be great. And, and that's what, that's where I put my focus on being great mm. And, mm. And, 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 and helping the team or trying to help the team to be mm. great on what they're doing. Mm. So that's where I focus myself. Nice. Um, Santi, who would you say or what have you say are the best three resources? This can be books or it can be people such as people you follow uh, who you'd say have been the most instrumental to your success over these last few years. I know you mentioned, um, you know, some mentors at 500 Startups. Any others that you, re- you recommend people check out? Yeah. If you're, if you're looking for, for sales advice, I would, uh, I would recommend you to, to read two books. One is the acceleration formula, the sales acceleration mm-hmm. formula from Mark Roberge, chief revenue, mm-hmm. former chief revenue officer at HubSpot. And, um, and predictable revenue from uh, Eric Ross, uh, the, the, Ross the yeah. For, yep. yeah, the former chief revenue officer of uh, Salesforce. Mm-hmm. So Aaron Ross. So those two books are very good. And, t- and in, when it comes to people, there are, I've always received good and of course also bad mentorship as well, uh, but, but very good mentorship from, and very good advices from some people. And there are probably some of them that they don't know uh, how, I appreci- how I appreciate the, their advice. I remember my, my, my father telling me when I was 21 saying, Hey, Santi, if you want to build, because I, I was looking forward to build my own company. And he said like, Hey, Santi, I'm not sure if, if that's the right move. Probably you want to like own some experience on, on bigger companies and then start your own. But if you're really looking forward to start your, your company, uh, I think that before before getting married, before having kids, before, I, although that was, I was very young at the time, but, uh, um, but he was, what he was saying is then when you start having a lot of responsibilities under your own, then making that jump, it's, uh, it's tougher, right? Mm. So that was one, one key thing that helped and empower the, all the following that like the rest of the things, uh, 
and and made that happen, right? Then it got. Right. Then I have Marcus Galperin, uh, who's the founder and CEO of Mercado Libre. He was our first investor. Mercado Libre is like the Amazon for Latin America. It's a hundred billion dollar company in Nasdaq, and Marcos is the the most successful entrepreneur in in the techs in in the in technology space in Latin America, and the fact of he just just by the small fact of of helping us when we were just starting a new business that gave us a lot of power and and that gave us a lot of energy to continue looking for big fishes like Marcos, but here in Silicon Valley. Makes sense. Yeah, I guess sometimes having that person, you know, who has that credibility, gives you that hope and belief, just gives you that that confidence to to continue doing what you're doing and, and uh, validate that you're doing the right thing, right? And that means a lot. So, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Santi, um, what does success mean to you today? Whether it can be personally, financially, business, life, there's no right answer. For me, success is being happy, you know? Uh, success is, all, is enjoying the path. And you can find happiness in different ways. For me, success is being happy and I, and I feel very happy and I feel blessed by the family I have, uh, the family we are building with my wife, um, the friends I have, the parents I have, the, the sister I have. Um, and yeah, I mean, and of course, working on something that, that is very noble, that is, uh, I mean, we're here to help creative and professional teams have a better lifestyle by enabling their companies to, to be more profitable, to, to, to give, to make that distribution of money, uh, within the company. Right. Uh, as we, as we saw that firsthand at the very beginning, we saw a lot of creative people working a lot of hours and making almost no money. Uh, compared to the other professional uh, colleagues they had, right? So, mm. so doing novel, novel things. Uh, for me, mission is a very, the, our mission is, is very important as, mm. as working is where we spend probably a lot of the time, most of the time we're, we are awake. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's super important to, to love what you do. And, and, you know, when you walk into work or your business, you actually enjoy what you do and, and you believe in what you do every day. Yeah. Uh, Santi, this, is, this has been fantastic. Uh, guys, just who are listening in, Santi was uh, super generous to offer anybody listening in a promo code of 25, uh, sorry, 20% off for our listeners who want to try out Core. Just go to projectcore.com. Uh, just mention the SaaS District podcast to uh, anybody on their team and they'll give you guys 20% off to, to try it out for your own company. So appreciate that, Santi. Um, well, sure. Uh, what, what, are, what are kind of your future plans for Core and where can an audience get in touch with you to learn more about you? People can reach me out through LinkedIn. I think that's the best way. If I, I Most of the time, I do not respond to messages from people like that are not personalized. Like if you're reaching out, if you're, if, if it's outbound sales, um, some like I, I, 
it's mostly sure I wouldn't respond. But if you if you tell me, hey, I, I listen to you on the SAS District podcast, uh, I would like to chat with, chat with you. I, I read every message that I receive. Love it. Okay, uh, we'll add your your LinkedIn uh, uh, link to our to our show notes so people can check out and say hi and and uh, give you guys so, so give you some love. All right, thank you so much, Santi. Appreciate you jumping on SAS District Show today. Uh, this this was great. Appreciate it. Thank you, Akil. Bye bye. Right. Cheers. Thank you all for listening in to this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at horizoncapital.com and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Horizon Capital and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and hope to see you on the next one.